Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We have a great guest in the studio for the whole show tonight. A fabulous musician, happens to be an old buddy of mine. I grew up in Virginia, Minnesota. He grew up just a few miles away in Parkville, which was between Virginia and the great town of Mountain Iron, home of Mintac, where they got all the taconite on them for the last 50 years or so and before that. Keith Scola, thanks for being here. I know you've got just one more day in town, but I really appreciate you coming down. Yeah, I, I appreciate to be able to come here and play the music and uh the wall of power, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's just do it. You uh, you brought your guitar. Play us a tune. Uh, this is the one I just recorded with our friends there that we recorded the uh, TV show. Flute and uh, the, the voice. Oh, uh, great. Jeremy and I and uh, Adam. It's called Every Day's Christmas. Every day's Christmas, every day's New Year's, Halloween and Valentine's Day, Hanukkah and Earth Day, Mother's Day and Father's Day, every day's Indigenous Day, you and I were meant to be. Same side, upon the same ride, forever in our dreams. This is the part where you make some sound effects. I was uh, honored to watch you record that a couple of weeks ago before your show at the Astor Cafe. Now, this is going to be airing in a couple of weeks. Is this the worldwide debut of that tune? Um, actually, the live, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's all been right. kind of in the underground a little bit. <laughs> I got all the words. I've kind of 
massage the words lately in lyrics to uh, include every day's indigenous day. Right. But it could be as uh, uh, metaphysical as possible. Right. Everything could be included, sure. you know, and that's the idea of that, that song, you know. Like, well, you know what I loved about, you know, Keith, you and I have known each other for over 40 years, uh, and I knew you as a musician. You used to play in my brother's band, the Schwartz Brothers. And uh, But you've really, over the years, have really investigated and uh, you're imbibed with the spirit of your Native American roots. So tell us, when you were growing up on the range, what was your first experience with your Native culture? Well, I, you know, I got a picture um, when I was about eight months old. was... Uh, my grandfather from uh, my mom, uh, Jimmy Webb, he was from the Hungry Heart Reserve and Anishinaabe man who I grew up around. And so those are some of the earliest things I could remember, some songs and his the way he was and and the mannerisms of, of the culture, being immersed in it from that, you know, sitting right on his lap. I got an old picture of it. It's one of my favorite ones. and And so... So you come up around the environment of it. You don't realize, like, oh, we're doing traditional things, like you're going out ricing or something, or mm-hmm. you're going out berry picking. It's just right. like a matter of uh, going out there with Buckle Snyder, you know, right, or something right. like that. But it, it is something that was a, of a traditional thing. Right. So you become aware of these things, I guess, afterwards when you become aware of what is culture or anything like that because it was just a way of life, I think, the immersion. Right. And even the language was around. And so I remember early early on, I say I grew up on the streets of Fort Francis um, out in Net Lake. On Pelican Lake, I slaughtered crappies in Myrtle Lake. And then the <laughs> Iron Range, I, you know, I experienced uh, first love kind of thing, you know, the... You know all these things in northern Minnesota, right? And 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 those are the things where the Anishinaabe people were, and so it was always a thing. I mean, we'd have uh, blueberry hills from Ore to Fort Francis, but not quite up north to Ash Ash River Trail up in there, um, in Ash Lake, where there was an Anishinaabe village where my grandmother had her seasonal village up there <laughs> on that lake, and and. Uh, We'd have little hills where you knew there were berries, right. you know, where their fires would come through and things like that. And so early on, you learn about these things and you're aware of, of these things uh, in, in the culture, you know, the, like that. And um, on the other hand, you become aware like in sixth grade when the overall mantification of songs like uh, uh, Cherokee people or something right, like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know. You know, I, musically, I didn't, I, I kind of thought it was kind of hokey anyways. Right. But then, you know, like the whole thing, like right. pushing it down. So so you do become aware of all these things uh, growing up in northern Minnesota. You, you know, it's impossible not to. Now, when you said uh, Bucko Schneider, Bucko was such a great nickname back then. Now, were you related to Bucko Sokola? Yeah, he was my first cousin. Okay. And, I knew uh, Bucko was one of the uh, the, the in, uh, initial crop of hippies up there. You no, know, he was he was very influential and his mom mother was Clara Clara um Skinaway. Okay. And and she could cook anything. She could cook turtles, she could cook mm. traditional foods. She spoke fluent Ojibwe Indian and she was a beautiful beautiful woman. She would 
Um, summertime, she would cook up at Grand Portage at the Radisson uh, Hotel, and Bucko would go up between there and then up on Pelican, where they lived on Sugarbush, where they have land up there to this day. Bucko has land up there. And um, I grew up around. He grew up in, in Virginia, Minnesota. Sure. And same thing. I got a picture of me. Bucko was maybe uh, 10 years younger than I. And um, I got a picture of him holding me as a little boy. Cool. And, um, it was on the north side of Virginia. That's where you he know, grew up. Yeah. And, and like we're like at the, right at the edge of town, and uh, I remember um, going up there. And then when he would play football, we'd go to his football games in high school. Yeah, he was a like football player, the Virginia Blue Devils. Yeah, he's number thirty-two, played fullback. <laughs> and it was I would go to games where I was young enough to know what the team was about, by, or know what the game was about by looking at the players on the team you liked. You oh, know, like funny! So if they're clapping, all right, yeah, yeah. you know. Like, not really knowing what's going on. You know, it's funny, Keith, because I remember, uh, you know, I was in sports till about, oh, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade. But before I realized I play guitar a lot better than I skate. And uh, I wasn't even playing guitar that well back then. But uh, I still remember, for example, my friend David Curry was a couple years older than me. He was number 10 on the hockey team. Yeah, you know, I remember those numbers. You know what I mean? It's funny how you... You look back in time. We've got uh, my buddy Keith Sokola, uh on for the whole show tonight. Keith has got an amazing uh, history of people he's played with in uh, events. He's supported uh, a lot of uh, not only big rock and roll stars, but a lot of the heaviest people in the uh, Native American scene. I can ask you real quick, 45 seconds left. I still refer to Indians. You know, to me, that's like... Is that politically correct it, it anymore? Could be, you could be um, more correct by uh, saying Anishinaabe artists. Okay. You know, like in their language and refer to them like uh, we're going to have an Anishinaabe flute or, okay. or something. And then halfway through as a native is, you know, like halfway through that proper. But I think that's really the thing to do is to is to – Ask the, a person what what nation they are, in. right? Okay, and just go right down to it. Well, we've got Keith Sokol on, and he's going to. He's going to. We have a uh, some more music, and he's going to break out the flute. Uh, stick around; we'll be back after these messages. That's what we'll do. All right, we'll just, once we start playing, just start it. One, two, three, four.
Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. That was fun. That was my guest, Keith Scola, on flute. I was playing guitar. When I started uh, recording the Wall of Power Radio Hour five and a half years ago at the Minneapolis Media Institute, uh, it used to be the old uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis studio, uh, flight time studio, so I had the opportunity to play more often with my guests. But uh, So Keith brought his guitar down, and I uh, just put it in front of this microphone and play. We just played that off the top of our heads, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that uh, the pentatonic scale is right there in the universe. Absolutely. So, um, Keith, we were talking a little bit about uh, how to refer to Native American musicians. So talk about how that all fits together. Okay, um, a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago, I was playing at a music festival in southern Florida, and Chuck Khan was playing. And I, I went to the soundboard. I liked to listen to her music and her voice and her, her whole thing, what she was about and who she is. And I was sitting at the soundboard, and she came to me, and she says, uh, she seen me right away, and she asked me, can I ask you a question? And she said, I got in trouble a few years back, and when I referred to a Native woman, as a squaw, and I didn't mean to be disrespectful right. at all, but it came off that way, and she goes, what's the proper way? And I said, you should ask what you're, she, she's a part of uh, Blackfoot heritage, so I asked her, find out the name of the woman in Blackfoot, and that's the way you should refer to her. I told her the name Anishinaabe, and, and it's Ikwe, that's how you say woman, so to be respectful, say Ikwe, and she said that and learned that, that word, and she, you know, went back to find out. Same thing when you, you know, when you find out a Native artist, I think it's important for them to f- find out um, where they're from. It's important them f- for them to share that because it has a lot to do where their songs come from and who they are and things. And so by saying um, Anishinaabe is a more uh, deeper understanding of Chippewa, in uh, Chippewa is a legal understanding t- of the Anishinaabe Indian. Um, it's a legal, legal binding word that binds us as Chippewa Indians in Minnesota. Okay. You know, the Chippewa tribe of Dent Lake, the Chippewa mm-hmm. tribe of all these is Chippewa. Not in Canada, right across the border, it's Ojibwa. Okay. Which is the same tribe. My, my, my relatives are on both sides of the border, brothers and sisters and things like that and, you know, older and heritage. Sure. And, and so Ojibwe would refer to the language, Ojibwemo. When someone would speak Ojibwe, they would be speaking Ojibwa. And so that's how that kind of came to that. And so Anishinaabe is what we refer to ourselves. So it's kind of more, you find out like Anishinaabe artist, uh, and I think each artist is different. They might like refer to them as Dine instead of uh, Navajo, or as um, Dakota instead of Sioux, or um, you know, different. Like they're going back backwards into um, more correctness and in, in, um, in richness and deeper understanding. It is. It's a, a more beautiful way. I think when people learn and appropriate properly. Um, changing names of things and and changing names of uh, teams and mm-hmm. you know, for instance, that little coffee shop in 
Duluth, Minnesota. It was called Beaners before. Right. It was offensive. But ten years ago, there was not a Hispanic population, although people knew of it. But now there is in Duluth, and people are more aware of this sensitivity. And the good owner there, rather than fight it and say this name got a stick, it's right, ten right, years right. tradition. He said, "Oh, I was wrong. I didn't right. mean anything. I'm changing it." <laughs> and it's beautiful that reappropriation and appropriating the same. Correctness, and I yeah. think that awareness is what you're getting after, Paul, right. by asking. No, absolutely. So a Anishinaabe artist is, you know, a, a native flute. Maybe that would be the referral. Well, I, you know, we uh, when I was a kid, we had a, uh, if I can use the phrase, Chippewa babysitter named Nancy, and she was actually deaf. She was a very interesting woman, and of course, you know, growing up, uh, you know, in our territory, up there on the Iron Range, there was a, you know. Quite a few Native American uh, characters and people, um, and then. But you'll you'll remember this, and uh, and it's probably not a really in these days a politi- politically correct thing. But at the end of the eighteen hundreds, the beginning of the nineteen hundreds, up on the Iron Range, both the Indian population and the Finnish population were very looked down upon, and so there was a lot of marriages between Finns and Native Americans, and they used to call them Findians. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, part of it was the Finns were looked down on because they were they brought all these great socialist ideas uh, from Finland. And then when they started working in the mines, they wouldn't even let two Finlanders work next to each other because they figured that these were the guys uh, that were starting to try to unionize the mines. And everything else, so uh, which they were, as a matter of fact, and bless them. So, Keith, we've got uh, so many things uh, to talk about with a couple minutes left. You said you're going out to New York soon. What's going on out there? Um, there's a Native American Music Awards, and this year it's hosted by Wes Studi and uh, Mickey James. And Wes just won an Academy Award for uh, Lifetime Achievement for Native Actors, and he's a musician, and uh the, at the end of the award show, we're going to put together a song called Fry Bread and sing it. And it's pretty easy with chords and things. And, right. And he can. And so I'm enticing him to be the narrative. And I do a little political rant about fry bread, fry bread being illegal and a fry bread messiah and, you know, and, and people rising and things like that, <laughs> you know, kind Great. of – Kind of to get at at the subject, and I say, you know, the the fry bread acts like the fry bread removal act, and the trail of grease, and <laughs> things like that. You know, a brutal history, but I obviously right. lead people gently, you know, to a brutal truth. Right, right. And then I think that's how where you start teaching history. Sometimes you start from today and move backwards in understanding, just as we did today in understanding an Anishinaabe artist, right. and we move backwards in history. And it gives us a better understanding. So you uh, came here. You were uh, babysitting your adorable uh, uh, grandkid and uh, who I met when you were doing the video. Tell us a little bit in uh, 45 seconds or less how your um, influence him, influencing him to uh, appreciate his background and culture. Well, first of all, you know, his other grandfather is the late, great Will Sampson, the native actor – for one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Really? So I always keep him aware of that, you know, right. and, and his son is too. But even this morning I was uh, playing guitar and I got him kind of interested using the, the uh, 
the the technology and strings and he's playing notes and things yeah. and He's a handsome kid, man. He's going to be in the movie someday, I'm telling you. Singing to him. Yeah, we've got uh, Keith Sacola, an old friend of mine, great Native American activist and musician. We're going to play some more music and hear more stories after these messages. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzah. My guest and old buddy, Keith Sakola is going to grace us with uh, arguably one of his most famous songs he wrote. He's playing it live called Indian Cars. Take it away, Mr. Sakola. Paul Metz is showing me. 
Keith Sicola, that was uh, Indian Car. We are going crazy today. We're on uh, Facebook Live on the AM950 stream, and we're also going live on the uh, Paul Metza Facebook page stream. And i got a lot of cool cats. Scott Schuler, Daniel Marker, Rick Shevchak is watching from right out there, my buddy Pete Sanford, good accordion player. Uh, so we're just going to do this because we can uh, – we're taping the show for the Wall of Power Radio Hour, which will air in a few weeks. Keith, tell us about uh, that that video you have. There's several different uh, performances of that song on YouTube, but there's one that's damn near you got a million views on it. Uh, I think um, there's a, a few one few of them. We did one with the language translation was really cool, and, and an animator that's kind of a hip uh, young animator that's out there in the L.A. scene. And a, a few things maybe people have put together, so I'm not really sure what's out there. But it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's like uh, you encourage that, you know, like it kind of gives people people fun and people take ownership of it. Well, the one I think it was a couple of years ago, um, I swear to God, it had 800,000 views. I believe it was live with dancers. Does that uh, ring a bell, Keith it could, it could be. I've done a few TV shows. Um, with that and, and had a few choreographed dancing scenes. And I've, I've included them in shows and things. And I, and I do work with dancers. Uh, when we were up north, we just did a show in, at the Cook uh, Woods Auditorium. And oh, cool. The Sampson Brothers, uh, famous hoop dancers. And, and they really graced it. And the audience up, up north are really getting used to seeing these kind of things. Right. It's kind of beautiful. Well, you know... Um like we talked a, a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> you invited me to sit in with you at the Astor, which I was honored to do. My brother, of course, you, uh, my brother John Metza and my guest here, Keith Sokol, are very tight, have been for 45 years. And so I kind of keep track of Keith Sokol through my brother and stuff. But uh, really in this last year, Keith, when I've been more closely monitoring what you've been up to, I have to say how – proud I am as a friend and uh, as a fellow artist, how much I appreciate your growth and what you've accomplished. It's amazing. Well, you know, it's kind of what we've done today. Um, if you see, they just released that Parkland um, Parkland in Florida, the Parkland High School videotape you were part of. Yeah. And part of that, that proudness, it was kind of when we were in Florida, I'm thinking, this looks like a guy I know from the Iron Range. And, <laughs> and it turned out to be Paul. And we were at a, uh, a, a real good uh, VIP gathering with Peter Yarrow's daughter and Pete and, and all the Florida Sonny Yarrow, and, my harp player. And, yeah, and everybody my was singers. there. And, and uh, um, uh, Michael Fronte and, yeah. and his gang and, and, and people like that and, and Paul. But... The Iron Range proud emerged, you know, that yeah. proudness said, okay, uh, you know, like I'll um, treat them with a lot of respect, you know, because it, it kind of emerges when when you run into people down the road and you realize that there's no anymore anything, there's just, just going forward. Right. You know, like that kind of thing. Well, my buddy Billy Alcorn, who uh, is a great uh, songwriter, ended up moving to Nashville, ended up driving bus for just about everybody. From Lemmy of Motorhead to Billy Gibbons, and now he's doing an Alcorn Custom Case, building 
uh, road cases for everybody from Stevie Wonder to Metallica. He he told me something. I think you might agree with this because you've been banging around as long as I have. School, is that there ain't no such thing as a big time. There ain't no big time. Oh yeah. You know, it's just day by day getting the gigs done. But it was so fun because I picked up that gig. It was a kind of a Parkland get out healing concert for Parkland High School, and then kind of a get out the vault. And uh, and the people that put it on were actually parents of uh, that had lost children at that. Uh, in, in, incredibly sad day in Parkland on uh, Valentine's Day uh, the year before. But so I got the gig through. They were looking to get this artist in New York. They got a hold of an old publicist of mine. And he said, oh, you got to get a hold of Paul Metzler. He's all about this. So then when I walked in and looked across the room and saw you, it was like, right on, man. There's the, I know that guy. And then you remember you went out and you got your guitar. Sonny got his harps. And then we uh, – uh, the drinks were flown. The dinner was great. And then we led that uh, with, was it Bethany Yarrow, Peter's daughter? Yeah, we were doing, yeah. Yeah, the, we, we led it in a sing-along for about 45 minutes. We kicked that weekend off, I thought, big time. And, and the ride home from the concert was uh, That was amazing. Ride. I think it was because we needed a lot of healing because we just experienced what um, what people were going through. And, With those actual and, kids. And power. Yeah, and, and our whole experience down there. Um, was part of that, letting music be the shield for us. I wish by that point of the night, uh, it was really crowded, so we all found, got on the bus, and then there was, you know, most of the musicians that had played driving back to the hotel in traffic, and everybody had had a couple of cocktails, and uh, that sing-along was phenomenal. I've, I'm sad my phone had run out of charge because... Well, maybe maybe it was good it didn't run on charge because that was just our moment together as musicians and people, you know. And, and such an influence. We had uh, peace poets from New York City. Yeah. We had gospel singers from North Carolina. Yeah. Some of the cats that you had in your your office. Mary Harris and Randy uh, Star Hudson, my great gospel singers. Yeah, Randy was in, in – that was fantastic. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the combination and uh, Bethany and – and all her um, vocalist friends. And- you know, about uh, just about two weeks later, I, I helped put together a show called Winds uh, of Change, uh, which was run by my f- a friend, Reverend Nancy Nord Benz, who runs the Protect Minnesota. They're the let's get this gun right thing together. And so one of the students from Parkland came up and spoke at that. So it was a two weeks later, it was still nice. Wow. The circle was then complete. Uh, we've got Keith Sakola on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. He brought his guitar, he brought some flutes, and he brought his good vibe, and uh, he's leaving town tomorrow. Um, so we're going to get as much music out of him. Hey, Brent Sari is watching up there at the Iron Range. Uh, you, we've got about two and a half minutes here. Keith, play us out with something. All right. See, we're born with the positive feelings about us, and then somebody says something negative, and we hang on to it, you know? Right. So let's cast it out. <laughs> Sits and smokes a cigarette and ponders the aftermath. Wonder what life will bring down that forbidden path. Drags feet across the floor as she heads out the door. Frankly, won't admit she can't give no more. No, you can't do 
Reflect on instant waiting. Wants to do what he wants to oppose destination. Like an idiot must proceed a permanent vacation. Called Keith, what was the name of that song? Uh, Life or Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Man, that's a beautiful sounding guitar. We've got uh, Keith Sakola on for the whole show tonight. Uh, we're going to get to uh, everybody he's played with, and we're talking Neil Young. We're talking you too. You name it, Buffy St. Marie. Keith's played with them. Originally from Parkville, Minnesota, that little nice little. Uh, Spot between Mount Iron and my hometown of Virginia, Minnesota. Uh, we're on Facebook Live on uh, uh, my feed, AM950 Facebook Live feed, because Keith and I are connected to the universe through the interwebs. We're recording this today in the basement of the AM950 studios with Eric Nelson, located in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor Prairie. We'll be right back. Sakola, that was great. Uh, you were back with the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. Keith, let's, uh, I'm going to brag a little bit for you, and then you can just fill in the blanks here. But uh, over the years, you've shared stages with U2, Neil Young, Buffy St. Marie. Uh, you hung out with Jerry Garcia, who, who told you he really dug your stuff. What was Jerry's line to you? Keith, uh, don't worry about it, man. Uh, good music falls through the crack all the time, you know. Like, just keep on playing, man. Don't don't even in ten, twenty years they're going to get it. America's going to get it. <laughs> so, um, when we uh, uh, hooked up again uh, a couple weeks ago, I told you who uh, I remember when I was in seventh or eighth grade. We went up to, I believe it was Net Lake. We took a class trip to see the great Floyd Westerman. Uh, and that was the first time I heard when uh, Custer died for your sins. And I love Floyd because he reminded me of one of my first heroes, Richie Havens. And uh, tell us about your experience about hanging out with the great musician, guitarist, songwriter, and actor Floyd Westerman. I was um, studying American Indian Studies at the University of Minnesota here. They had a, a program, American Indian program, 
and uh, they would uh, invite native singers and and speakers all the time to to the university and do a concert. And Floyd was doing one one year, and and I was like in a junior. I even volunteered to pick him up at the airport, you know, like right. And uh, me and uh, my friend George Morrison, we picked him up in his uh, car and in your Indian Floyd. car. Yeah, in my Indian <laughs> car. And Floyd, uh, we picked him up and he pulls out something from his pocket. He goes, "I've been waiting five hours for this." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was back in the day. And, right. and uh, we played up on the, the uh, steps of Northrop Auditorium. Cool. And he came into town. He really didn't have a guitar. I said, I have a couple guitar, Floyd. We could go over to my um, pad. And we did. We rehearsed, you know, and hung out with him. And, and uh, you know, i just follow him when he was playing. And, and what he liked is that I could follow him. I wouldn't come in on one. I'd follow him. Right. Because he might not come in on one. Right. He's like Lightning Hopkins like and that. So he'd come in wherever he wants to. And he liked that because I would listen to him. And so he asked me that night, well, why don't you just, uh, when I play, uh, uh, get up and jam with me, you know? And so I did. A few songs, we did that together. And that kind of started a friendship. And maybe two or three times he came to the university and we did shows together like that informally. And after one show, I think he was feeling pretty good because uh, he gave me a couple hundred bucks. And back then it was like, what? Yeah, it was you know, like 800 bucks. Yeah, it was, it was a wonderful feeling, you know? And then to be part of it, it was very inspiring. And our friendship grew very organically, very, um, you know, it was like I, I, I became a friend with him, in, in, you know, like in, in that way. And, and we became friends that way. And so um, we learned a lot about songs. We hung out a lot. Um, he, he would love to sing Chris Christopherson. And <laughs> he was just releasing a Chris Christopherson album wow. be, before he passed away. And he just released a Johnny Cash tribute album. Wow. So he was in a Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson. He liked covering songs and he loved singing songs after, at the end of the night, you know, we go to the hotel room and right. sing. And, and Floyd was like that. He was an, always an activist and he, and he had quite a sense of humor. We've just got about three minutes left. Would you do that version in, uh, in your native language of This Land is Your Land? Oh, uh, yeah. Kisakola, uh, this has been so much fun. It's always great to see you, this too. This is Floyd and I would always do this one. Anishinaabe, Kibabaya, Ogiwabanda, Kakegikishe. Gamashkwa wa koko, gashkaranane. Yakin gabi ushitam goya. This land is your land, this land is my land. From California to New York Island. From the Gulfstream water to the Redwood Forest. This land was me, you and me. Oh, we in a dark him. Oh, we get dark him. Medawi ima. Palagami. Gamashkwa wa koka. Gashkaranane. Yakin 
got bills from time ago. And Floyd would always get up and he'd joke, be such a joker, and he goes, I'll translate that for you. <laughs> This land is my land. Right. This land ain't your land. <laughs> I love it. Get off of my land. Go find your own land. <laughs> I love it. One time an elder came up to us afterwards and she goes, I don't know if that translation was right. <laughs> and we apologize for speaking so badly, but even just using um, humor and things as a joke. But Flood was like that, and that was his, his famous one. Oh. So, Kisicola, tell the people out there in the Wall of Power Radio land uh, how they can track you down and get your music. Sicola.com well, is my website. And I know I'm like on Spotify and all the other things out there, uh, Pandora, you can stream, and, but you can go to my website and actually buy um, music from, from there. And, and uh, it, very accessible these days. And also on a, a, a label called Don Giovanni out in New York, I got uh, my Circle Anniversary uh, vinyl out through them and, and a kind of a collection of deluxe version of uh, songs that I've collected throughout the years. Well, you're an amazing human being. In fact, uh, I was honored. I'm starting an Indiegogo campaign here in the next week or so, and I read a poem uh, with you playing flute behind, so you go to paulmetzer.com and find that. Kisakola, have a great time. You rest your time here in the Twin Cities, and bless you, my brother. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, and I produce the show, Paul Metza, engineered by the great Eric Nelson in the basement of AM 950 Radio Studio in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. We'd like to thank our guests and my old buddy Keith Sokola. God, we had a ball. Uh, catch Keith the next time he's in town. I've got an Indiegogo campaign. I'm raising money to put out a book of poems. Uh, called Alphabet Jazz, along with a spoken word CD backed with some of my hippest and coolest musicians in town playing behind those poems. Go to paulmetza.com to find out more about that. The campaign will be going on until the first or second week of December. And then on December 23rd, Holiday on Ice Caves, my 40th anniversary at the Parkway Theater. Go to parkwaytheater.com or paulmetzer.com to find out about tickets. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Oh,